Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Versus the Odds podcast. Today, we have two phenomenal guests. They're both film students at Chapman University in Orange, California. And today, they're here to talk about their latest project as well as their craft in filmmaking. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, Zach Abdelbaki, and for the first time, Luke Morton. How you doing, fellas? Doing well. How about you? Doing I'm great. Good. I'm glad to have you back, Zach and Luke. I'm glad to have you on the show for the first time. So we were talking a little bit before the beginning of this episode, and Zach, you have a new project coming up. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, it's a new short film called Down in the Mexicali. We're shooting it next month, and right now we have an Indiegogo campaign uh, to raise money for the film. Luke is the head of marketing on Down in the Mexicali, and he helped me make the Indiegogo campaign, and he edited that awesome trailer. He also filmed the trailer. So, yeah, thank you, Luke. (laughs) And everyone, if you don't know what trailer we're talking about, please go follow at Down in the Mexicali on Instagram. There's a post there, or check out our Indiegogo link is in the description of our Instagram. And I'll be sure to provide both of those links and services within the description for this episode. Now, Zach, tell us a little bit about what exactly this film is. What is it about? It's about two film students who drive down to Mexico to buy cheap film equipment, and something really bad happens on the way back up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Perfect log line right there. Yeah. You know, it's, and I mean, there's a, it's, it's a comedy, but there's definitely a lot more heart to it than some of my other movies that I've made. So this is a really personal film and it's probably my favorite script that I've written. I, re- I wrote the first draft back in uh, uh, freshman year and it's just been sitting in my head ever since. And I've really wanted to make it. So now's the time. Finally. That's awesome. And I know you said in the past that you're you've been heavily influenced by the comedies of the 2000s and 2010s, uh, as well as Quentin Tarantino in you know his entire filmography. Um, are there any films in particular you feel as though have elements that are incorporated into your own work, especially down in the Mexicali? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the you know already comedies like 21 Jump Street, all the two-hander ones. I think with the last movie I made, It's Gone, that was heavily influenced by a lot of the three-hander comedies like The Hangover and Horrible Bosses. This one, it's more influenced by the two-handers like Pineapple Express, Super Bad, all those kind of films. But also, I think stylistically, it's very influenced by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and not in a way where I'm copying it. You know, there are a lot of, um, I think, I think similarities that I can point to now having written the script and rewritten the script a million times. But the first time that I wrote it, the very first draft, I was not, you know, um, thinking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's just kind of, I've seen it so many times and I love that movie so much. And it is also a two-hander comedy um, about people in the industry. Um, But, you know, I think that with this movie down in the Mexicali, it is about, um, you know, creatives. It's about film students. But I think anybody who's trying to achieve anything in life can relate to it. And especially um, those type of people who have friends like me, you know, like literally like the two main characters, I kind of like me and Luke or me and Ben or me and my, one of my friends, Atif or Mahan. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's more about friendship than anything I would say. That's awesome. And, you know, friendship, especially in this industry is incredibly vital, you know, yeah. to be able to network and connect with people that you get along with that you would work with. That's the key to success in this industry. Um, And I know you and Luke have been friends for quite some time. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how your your friendship began and how your creative careers have kind of connected and grown alongside one another? Well, 
I guess the first time Zach and I met, well, we were in the same orientation group freshman year of college and got to know each other a little bit through that. And then we just kind of started hanging out through our classes and screenings, right? Mm -hmm. Zach would like invite people to go out into LA since he had a car and we'd go to various screenings. And then we also worked on this small short film called Salt freshman year that Zach like helped with production and acted in as his acclaimed title library guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, we just continued to kind of work together and hang out. And I can always count on Zach to have a good time and hang out. And I, I appreciate how honest he is and just loyal. And he's always looking for something fun to do. That's like a good experience. I think I've probably been exposed to more films through him and experiences in LA than I have through any of my classes at Chapman. So I guess that's a testament to itself. Shout out to friendships for that, man, for real. You guys, uh, you guys have any good stories from your times in LA? Any, any adventures to share? Oh, jeez, <laughs> um, that's a, oh, I was not expecting that. Um, what's something messed up that <laughs> something we can tell <laughs> what i was gonna say is that a lot of stuff has happened to us but like not while we were together unless mm-hmm. like i think there are some interesting things that have happened just while we've been hanging out around orange some mm-hmm. interesting like characters we've run into but i think the best things that we can like talk about on the podcast are honestly the experiences that we've gone on through like just the kind of movies that we've seen and the restaurants that we've been to. Normally we go to a restaurant and a screening. I'd say when we went and saw the Suicide Squad, the oh, James yeah. Gunn one, not the original, um, and then went to this delicious restaurant called Craig's. It was, That was probably one of the most notable experiences thus far because we went to the premiere the premiere with the red carpet. We saw Margot Robbie, James Gunn, and John Cena all exit the theater, um, the theater next to us. And we were in the Fox Theater was the one next to us. Yeah, and we were in and the Bruin, the one, the, Bruin. the one from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where Margot Robbie watches her own movie. Oh no way! So and- Margot Robbie did not put her feet up on the chair, unfortunately. Yeah. No, no, I'm kidding. I, I just, I wish she was sitting right behind us, right behind us, and then gave us each one. Yeah. And that's how you know that Zach is a Quentin Tarantino fan. Oh my gosh! All love, all love, all love. I feel, I mean, it's good. I think you know you, you, you've said that you have a strong connection to his work, and as as you know, it's kind of manifested within down in the Mexicali in terms of aesthetic, in terms of certain plot devices, you know, the idea of the the two friends having an adventure together, you know, quite like uh, uh, Booth and Dalton within the film. Now, uh, you know, obviously that was one of the your favorite films of 2019. And, you know, as we're nearing the end of the year, a lot of phenomenal releases have come out this year. Do you mind telling, for both of you actually, do you mind telling me um, some of your favorite films from this year? Yeah, um, I a lot of the movies that I loved this year really did not get much attention or viewership from people. Um, almost every movie that I loved this year really kind of bombed. So oh, no. I want to send some recommendations to people. You know, if you if you're looking for a good movie, please watch In the Heights. It's a musical from the creator of Hamilton, Lin Manuel Miranda, and musicals and comedies are my two favorite genres ever. And in the Heights is probably 
you know, possibly the best musical adaptation I've ever seen in my life. It's, I mean, La La Land is not an adaptation, so it's kind of up there with that. But in terms of pure Broadway adaptations, In the Heights did it better than any other movie I've ever seen. And I saw it five times in the theaters. It's a masterpiece. Also, if you have access to Apple TV+, Plus, please watch the film Coda. It's about a, a, a teenager in high school who is a child of deaf adults. That's what Coda stands for. And she is not deaf. She can speak and hear, but her parents and her brother can't. And she's passionate about singing and wants to go to music school. But her parents don't really understand that passion and they don't really support that passion for most of the film. And it's it made me cry, man. It's uh, it's really a beautiful film. If you can get the trial of Apple TV Plus for like seven days, just get it, watch it, and then you can cancel it. It's fucking it's amazing. I love that film so much. Also, the Matt Damon film Stillwater. Really, no one saw that film. I don't know anybody who saw that film except me and I sent my parents to watch it and my grandpa and they all loved it. It's really a phenomenal story. I think the trailer was a bit misleading. It kind of made the film seem like it was a thriller when it's a bit more of a drama, but um, it's a great drama. It's a thrilling drama and it's um, and it's one of Matt Damon's best performances. I really think he should be in talks to win Best Actor this year. Uh, the other films I'll mention are The Suicide Squad from James Gunn, probably my favorite comic book film ever made. Um, also a quiet place part two was great Luca and Luke's favorite movie. Go right ahead. I like this movie called Mitchell's versus the machines. Basically, you know, when you went off to college and your family, like was like kind of upset because like you're leaving the nest, but like, they don't know how to express it. Just think of that on like steroids. And it's like the funniest family ever real meet the Robinson vibes. And it's just like a really fun animated romp. And it's super relatable, especially if you're going into film school, because the main character is also an aspiring filmmaker and her parents don't really get her. And in, also there are robots that take over the world, pretty much the whole movie. Go and watch it. I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> Definitely one of the it's one of those movies that like you watch it and it makes you like think about it afterwards. Like, you know, it's the next day and you're like, dang. That was a good movie. I mean, how many movies have you seen recently that have made you like think that? Probably not many. So definitely would recommend. And I'm not the kind of guy that likes recommending movies. So it's coming no from me. You know, it's a stellar recommendation. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So just go add it to your list right now. The Mitchells versus the Machines from the creators of the Lego movie. They produced it. You all have provided fantastic reviews or, or recommendations as well. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. I, I've talked a little bit about you know, with you guys outside of the podcast, what my favorite films of the year are. I've, I feel like the, the more I get into film, I don't know if you feel this way, the more picky I become or the, the harder it is sometimes for me to like get really into a film to be really wowed by it. And I've seen a lot of movies I've like enjoyed this year. Like I enjoyed the suicide squad. That was a, a real fun movie. I kind of enjoyed Shang-Chi as well, mm-hmm. um, but I just haven't really been to the theater as much, but one movie I have seen this year that, I really, really enjoyed was The Green Knight by David Lowry. And for those of you who don't know, he is the same one who did Pete's Dragon and A Ghost Story. And Ghost Story is really good. It's a, a real uh, meditative piece on loss and trauma and moving on and what it basically means to be alive. I really like that movie. And The Green Knight is fantastic. Um, from someone who studies English and has studied Arthurian literature and medieval literature, I really love that modern twist that it's provided. And I it, it toes the line between surreal and fantasy 
And if you guys haven't seen it, I recommend it. But to those of you listening, highly recommend that movie. But I don't know about you guys. When it comes to like my movie consumption, I've just recently, especially over the pandemic, just rewatching or not rewatching, watching older films, things that have come out in the past for the past couple of years, even a couple decades ago, just to refresh. I'm sure you guys as students understand the value of, you know, building your repertoire of films that you've seen to learn from and dissect. Um, is that something that's part of your practice as a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watch as many, I try to watch as many older films as new releases as I can. I mean, my favorite cinema um, here in, in California is the New Beverly Cinema up in LA. And I go multiple times a month just to watch as many older films as I can. I mean, it's, it's, it's storytelling. I mean, filmmaking has evolved, but the way we, you know, communicate those stories to the audience I mean, it's it's also evolved, but it's you know you can learn a lot from the way they did it back in the '40s and '50s and '60s. I mean, my favorite decade is probably the '70s. That's the decade that I really got into during COVID. And I think, yeah, you're nodding like, yeah, you probably. It wouldn't surprise me if you love that decade based on the movies you love, like like Uncut Gems and Good Time. So, um, yeah, some of the I, I just saw this film called Over the Edge, not Over the Hedge, not the animator, even though I love that movie. <laughs> There's a film called Over the Over the Edge, which was fantastic. I, it was kind of like uh, Dazed and Confused meets 2019's Les Miserables. Like not the one, not the musical one, the one about the um, the ghetto neighborhood in, in France. So that film was phenomenal. And yeah, that was 1979. So yeah, I, mean, I do make it a practice to watch older films. That's just been Building added. Building off of that. Good. Nice. I, I also think it's kind of cool because I think personally, like the indie film circuit or people that are just getting into filmmaking, there may be like 10 years behind, like maybe 20 behind like the level of movies that are being produced in theaters. So for example, like people have, a lot of indie filmmakers have just like mastered putting like CGI and good CGI in their movies, which, you know, is probably about 10, 15 years old. And I think if you look back onto it, if you're just starting to become a filmmaker, seeing the very first movies that were made is kind of a cool way to get into it because you're like, like the Melier brothers and like all the people that uh, are Lumiere brothers not, yeah. and George Melier's, um, like seeing how they, where they had nothing to go off just the kind of projects that they made and the kind of process that movies have taken to get to where we are today. Cause I mean, it can be daunting. You're like, how am I supposed to make like Shang-Chi, which is like this huge Disney movie, like freaking rides a dragon at one point, not to spoil too much, but like, how am I supposed to do that? But if you just look back at like those first films there, it's like a lot more doable. And then if you kind of like teach yourself to go from there. It's a cool like learning experience and it it teaches you itself, really. I mean, you have the ultimate textbook, which are movies that are in the past. And I don't make a habit of watching a ton of old movies, especially because it has to be really good in order for me to, to, to be recommended. But when I do, there are a lot of movies that I really think can still hold up. Like there's this movie called All About Eve that is my favorite story out of any movie I've ever seen. I just showed it to Zach the other day. I think it's definitely different for different people. Don't go into it expecting a Marvel movie or something crazy, but it's just about this uh, this little starlet 
who basically connives her way into this replacing this older actress and just kind of the from a story standpoint it's so amazing just the way that it was written and i think there are a lot of things that we can learn from older movies beautiful yeah it's totally looking back to the past and and figuring out what works and what doesn't what elements have stood the test of time it's a great way to immerse yourself and and learn you know through direct consumption um you know in terms of the the decades that i enjoyed um i'm really getting into the 90s recently i love the aesthetic the kind of grainy uh surreal aspect of uh, a lot of the crime thrillers because you talk about zach how your favorite comedy uh your favorite genre is comedy um i've often found recently that my favorite genre are probably like crime thrillers crime thrillers and coming of age are both pretty on par so been consuming movies like you know days and confused ladybird mid 90s i've also been consuming movies like you know uh taxi driver and uncut gems stuff like that and obviously looking to the past is a great way to uh to learn more and stuff like that um now uh the year is almost over right and we still have a couple months left and there's some pretty major releases slated coming you know coming up soon have you been thinking about that at all or any movies that you're excited about? I know we have some really big ones that are coming up. Yeah, there's a film um, based on my favorite play ever called The Humans. It's written and directed by Stephen Karam, who's a Lebanese-American playwright, and he's directing his own adaptation. And it stars Richard Jenkins and Jane Houdichel and Beanie Feldstein, who you might remember from Booksmart. Yeah, and Stephen Yun is also in it. So it's it's from A24, and it's probably my most anticipated film of the year other than Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen's coming out. I'm seeing it on Wednesday, so um, I'll, I'm, I'll be fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's coming right around the corner. But The Human still has some time. I think it comes out in, like, December. It's going to be an award season player, and expect it to get some, um, some writing awards and some acting awards, because I bet it's going to be perfect that's awesome what about you luke any movies you're excited about oh man i'm very excited about this movie called last night in soho it's my favorite director so you know i gotta see it it's a thriller it's gonna be awesome one of the doctors from doctor who's in it solid premise <laughs> the trailer is probably one of the best ones that i've seen all year and um i'm also gonna watch the next jackass movie just because oh, like, who doesn't love that? I feel like this is like what our generation grew up on. Like, I'm sure everyone can remember watching the first movie and just being like, what? And then going out and trying to do it with their friends. And then like your friend breaks his arm and then your mom gets mad at you and you get grounded for a month and no video games. And then you get really sad. And, or maybe that's just me. But I, pretty, I love pretty that movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty standard. I feel like everyone in North Carolina can relate to that one, but maybe not. But also, um, there was... Another one that I think everybody could really, oh my gosh, I'm like, I guess I'm blanking on it now. When I started talking about Jackass, it was just like a, just a movie that I think everyone would like. Um, oh, it'll come back to me. Yeah. Now there also, uh, there's a film from Aaron Sorkin coming soon called Being the Ricardos, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It's about, basically about um, the I Love Lucy couple, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball, um, sort of later into their career, uh, I think before they got divorced. And it takes place over one week, over like one week's um, um, uh, pre-production, production, and then um, distribution of an I Love Lucy episode. And uh, I mean, that's coming to Amazon Studios and 
all I need to hear is Aaron Sorkin and I'm sold. So that's a big one for me. I mean, he wrote my favorite movie, so I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, for those of you who don't know, my favorite movie is The Social Network. I mean, my favorite movie always kind of shifts, but The Social Network is definitely my absolute all-time favorite. I I watched that movie uh, four or five times in the last three months just because I really like that movie. Um, Yeah, I'm also excited for Last Night in Soho. I'm also excited for The Humans. I've been tracking Stephen Yeun's career uh, pretty closely now because I have yet to see Minari. But Stephen Yeun, I don't know if you guys saw this. He was in a really great movie called Burning a couple years ago. It's it's really good. It's a it's a South Korean film um, that's totally uh, immersed in ambiguity, and it can be interpreted a, a variety of different ways. And the cinematography is also just amazing. Um, it I wasn't impressed when I first watched it because I was so confused. But then once I understood that ambiguity was like the part that I was supposed to understand, or that was the that was what I was supposed to expect then it made sense but yeah last night so it was going to be great humans are going to be great um i'm also i mean i've said before i'm really excited for dune mostly because i'm a big fan of denis villeneuve and i trust you know i trust his work he hasn't put anything that i've really disliked um i i'm not going to see the movie just for the actors because well i love oscar isaac and i love i think is a i forget it's not jessica chastain it's another woman with red hair i forget Oh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, I think, isn't it? Yeah, her. I, I like her. Um, I don't know. I'm not one of those people that, you know, hops on the Timothy Chalamet or Zendaya train blindly because, I don't know, I, I have my opinions about them as actors. I don't know if you feel that way, but I don't know. I think people I kind of freaked out. What's up? Yeah. I love Zendaya. Timothy's uh, hit and miss for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, can, he can be really good if he's in the right role. I think he plays teenagers really well, but, you know, I... <laughs> I don't know. He, yeah, I think he has like a, a certain range in which he works really well in, but that's just my opinion. Um, I will say the bat. Wait, oh no, the Batman isn't coming out this year anymore, is it? No. Also, Jackass got delayed to next February. What? Yeah, it's Why? coming out like, uh, because Paramount um, is not confident that it can make money at the box office. But they made that decision right before Shang Chi came out. Bro, so I'm going to Paramount right now. Yeah, but um. It's uh, they also delayed Mission Impossible and Top Gun Maverick. So Top Gun was actually going to be my most anticipated of the, of this year after Dear Van Hansen. So oh wow, I'm that about that. but it's all right. We got lots of good movies I, coming out. I remembered the movie that I was going to say earlier. Uh, I'm going to see James Bond. I oh yeah, I don't oh, think yeah. the trailer was very good. I don't. I didn't like the trailer at all. But like, it's James Bond. So like, who's not going to see it? <laughs> I'm super hyped. I mean, I love James Bond in the last two movies. Well, not, was okay. yeah, not Spectre, but like Skyfall. Skyfall was, was pretty good. Casino Royale. So yeah. I'm hoping this is going to be like kind of the pinnacle of uh, Daniel Craig's career. And then we'll get Knives Out too. But that's, that's I, a must. If you like Daniel Craig so much, you should watch this movie. It's it's on Netflix called Layer Cake. Have you ever heard of it? Hmm, it's this a, it's this crime thriller from like 2005 that totally stood like went under the radar. Um, he basically plays like uh, an unnamed cocaine dealer in London and he gets basically involved in like the, the British drug trade and, you know, shit starts to hit the fan. And it's, it's really good. It's, it's one of the few films where I don't mind the narration because normal, normally uh, narration kind of irritates me unless it's like American Psycho or Apocalypse Now. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's more. I just can't think of it. But if. You know, now that you know what, now that Batman has been delayed, I have to say, I think my new favorite, like, or my le- my new, like, most anticipated release, probably going to be Don't Look Up by Adam McKay. 
I completely forgot about that because I don't know. Adam, you did you 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 guys realize that McKay is kind of getting into more serious material now? Like he's not gone. He's gone from like full on comedy to like. Didn't he do the Big Short? Yes, he did the Big Short and Vice, and I signed an NDA, so I cannot say anything about the movie. But I have seen the movie, and you lucky uh, bastard. And it and it is amazing. Zach's Zach type four. It is his best film. That's all I'm gonna say. You should. Uh, oh, is, it, is it in your 2021 rankings? No, because it's I signed an NDA, so I can't really even. I'm not even supposed to say that I saw it, but I have seen it. Well, and... you, now you just broke the agreement, so you might as well. well I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to say anything about the film. But all I will say yeah. is that it is Adam McKay is one of my favorite directors, and it is his best film. Awesome. Versus the odds special right here, Zach I, broke I, his <laughs> NDA just for your podcast. Also. I'm calling the cops. I may, I, I may have seen Jackass forever, and oh boy, you're well, you, said, you said you may have. So there's also a chance that you didn't see it. So we'll, we'll... oh yeah, I I, I may have uh, also. What is the other one? Um, actually, never mind. I'll stop now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Suicide Squad early. I saw. Okay, can I can compare, say this you now. Can talk about that. Yeah, one. I've seen. I saw Suicide Squad when ten before Tenet came out. So like when theaters were just opening back in 2020 um in the fall and it was yeah i I, it was really hard not to tell people about everyone who died um (laughs) yeah the suicide the suicide squad kind of pissed me off like in the beginning like i I wanted i would only in the sense that i just like i wanted more pete davidson like i think he would have been funny in the movie uh yeah but okay I'm, i'm not gonna i'm not it's not to the point where like it changes my opinion of the film to the negative i still enjoyed it i mean it was it was just pure fun um yeah gosh i you know oh is lamb coming out this year oh that that movie <laughs> well, i'm so excited for lamb well you also really? know, you know how i feel about a24 I, I like most of their stuff it's it, lamb i think it is coming out this year it's like the third installment in the farmhouse cinematic <laughs> universe it started with first cow that was the first one first i need cow, to see that that's been on my list for a yeah. long time and then we had pig pig with nicholas cage and now we have lamb What's next? What's the next animal they're gonna do, Luke? It's gonna the last one is gonna be a movie about old McDonald and all the animals. Oh, have- Zach, you forgot a you forgot a very obvious one. Which one? The lobster. Oh well, that's not farmhouse. That's not farm animal. That's not farmhouse. Oh. oh, I thought I thought like farmhouse is like a blanket term for just animals. No, it's got to be on the farm. I mean, we need rooster. We need horse. We need chicken. chicken. We need a chicken. You already um, have horse. That's sorry to bother you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> minor spoiler alert that that's a great movie yeah oh it's a good have, you, have either of you seen uh mainstream yet by uh i think gia coppola no i'm really excited i've it, it's been out for a little bit it's basically about uh a, 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 like a youtube influencer who becomes incredibly popular it's got andrew garfield and maya hawk and jason schwartzman it's a pretty good cast but uh i've heard it, mixed things but Andrew Garfield is a great movie coming to Netflix in November called Tick Tick Boom. Oh, I have heard of that. That yeah, is that on my list. Great. That's gonna be great. Um, uh, it'd yeah. be amazing if we can all get through our watch list at this point with all the stuff that we're waiting on seeing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I don't really I, I I watched so many movies in like August. That's usually like my month every year where I try to watch a lot. But now I just you know with the one I'm producing right now, it's it's kind of taken. Uh, taking a toll on my on my watch list actually i just realized this both of you will probably be interested in this 
I actually do know what my most anticipated movie of the year is. And it, it might, I think it actually supersedes Don't Look Up, which I didn't think was possible. But I think I'm pretty sure if my backs are correct, it's coming out Christmas Day. Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson film. I'm very excited about that. That's what it's called? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, he, he changed the name from Soggy Bottom to Licorice Pizza. And guess what? He also has John C. He has John C. Riley as a, a main role in it, which he hasn't been in a, in a PTA movie since uh, Magnolia. Yeah. But I'm really excited for that. Yeah, Bradley Cooper, Elena Heim or Haim from Heim or Haim. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Haim, yeah. Yeah, that she's going to be in it. Um, a bunch of other really cool people are as well, including uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, which I'm yeah. really excited about. So. I think I yeah that's probably that that and don't look up are probably my two like most anticipated and I hope they'll be good. Wow yeah no I didn't know it was called licorice pizza so that's that's awesome and you know it's funny once at the I was at the New Beverly and Paul Thomas Anderson came in and he had like a thirty five millimeter reel of a music video he directed for Hiam and oh. the Hiam, like the, like they came the girls came inside and they just uh, all watched his music video it's called uh, Summer Girl. I love that. I love I, that whole album. If to those who are listening, an album that you should absolutely check out is Women in Music. I think part three. I think that's yeah. the title. It's a phenomenal album. It's like probably one of the better albums that kind of encapsulates the modern LA sound. Very worth checking out. I know we're talking a lot about uh, movies, but music is also worth acknowledging as well. Um, have you either of you seen Anima by uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? What is it? anima it's uh he basically directed a short film based around uh tom york of radiohead's third solo album anima Mm -hmm. so it's like a long music video for like a couple songs off the album it's very beautiful it's on netflix totally worth checking out and uh now that we're kind of nearing the end of the episode um i like to give my guests an opportunity to discuss anything that maybe they wanted to discuss and we haven't gone over yet uh, do either of you have anything that you'd like to discuss maybe about your movie or about film in general that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Yeah, I really just want to take a moment to thank the people who donated to the campaign so far. And if I could list their names and thank them, um, because it really um, has meant the world. A lot of people from back home in Dubai really showed up for for me in, in the last couple of days. So I just want to thank um, Seema Rafay, who I worked with on a play I was trying to make back in uh, senior year and um, she, uh, that really meant the world to me that she donated. Also, my sister Lynn donated as well as Mahan and Atif, basically my brothers back home, uh, donated. Also, Talia Seen, who I worked with on something one time in grade 11, she uh, also donated. That's amazing and it meant the world. Also, Noor Saeed and Shahid Youssef just donated like an hour ago, actually. So that's that really means a lot, as well as this guy, Ali Siddiqui who um, also went to school with, he uh, he donated. And uh, I'm just overwhelmed by the uh, support and um, donations that everyone's been giving. So it really uh, can't express how much it means to me, even for people just to like watch one a movie that I make and um, and send me a text or anything like that already is more is uh, means the world to me. The fact that people are actually donating is really amazing. And also to Luke, for helping me with the campaign is um is it's it's just uh, the greatest uh thing uh, like one of the greatest things a friend can do you're always there for me so thank you luke and also there are a lot of, like one thing i'll mention since we're talking about the campaign there are a lot of fun merch that 
we came up with for the movie. So if anyone wants to buy like a novelization that I'm writing for down in the Mexicali, uh, they can get that as well as t-shirts, posters, Blu-rays. Um, yeah, we have lots of fun things that we're going to be making when the movie's edited and it's coming out. So, um, and if you donate more than $500, you can make a request and we'll send you a video of anything you want us to say. Yeah. Anything. And literally anything. It'll be like a cameo. You can have me sing a song from Cats. You can. Uh... I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. You know, we'll we'll put that out there. I don't know. That might be maybe it's a little too early to be asking for that. But you know what? This is a very, a very special podcast. We want to do that premiere mystery item, you know, just trying to get support. And, you know, even if you can't support, there are ways that you can help it out just by sharing the link on your story and getting more people knowledgeable about it. And so we thank everyone that can help out. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And I'm very happy that you guys are um, thinking of the people who are supporting you and uh, helping you achieve your goals, because those are the people that really matter at the end of the day, you know, from a creative standpoint, you know, we are nothing without the the fans, the the friends, the consumers, even. Uh, we all we all owe our part to them. So once again, thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm very grateful that I had a chance to speak with you too. Thank you so much. And I hope I can come back when the movie is uh, coming out. We can talk about it. You can yeah, chat again. You both are always welcome. So uh, to everyone listening, you know, whatever your dreams or your goals, or your passions are, they're very possible to achieve. You know, Zach and Luke are two guys who have put their heads together, you know, the nose to the grindstone and they're working to make their, their dreams come true. And that's the kind of stuff that should be inspiring, the kind of stuff that shows that this stuff is possible, you know, even if it's you versus the odds. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I care about you all very much and goodbye.